So I went to visit my therapist, and after talking with him for some time, he said, I'm kind of concerned you have a very rare form of amnesia. You seem to be forgetting everything about 80s pop culture. And I said, oh no, that's awful. Is there a cure? And he said, wow, it's much worse than I thought. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Well, hi. Looks like I am finally back up and running with studio quality and sitting back in my familiar desk in a whole new office, which is part of my space in my new living quarters in Los Angeles, California. How you been? Um... I am going to apologize right up front for the spotty um, presentations that I've been giving, the here and there, and the not reliable on scheduling, and I can't promise it's going to get any better, but here we are today, and I'll give you my full attention for whatever that's worth. I hope you're all well. I hope you've had a good couple of months. There have been podcasts in the interim and a whole story about traveling and all the other things, but this is the first time I've been able to to actually set up the uh, the studio and the computer and get the microphone working and everything else. So uh, my state of mind has been here and there. It's been all over the place lately. So I'm sorry. I uh, I will give it my, uh, my very best effort from what we're going forward here. Magic and stuff in Hollywood and, and trials and tribulations in real life and all the things that... Uh, those of you that, that listen to me, that follow me, tune in for. I, I do hope it's worth it. Um, I, I put up a, a new link just in some, some off time. I, I have a new, um, a new path for you to follow, uh, nakedelfboots.com. If you go to N-E-K-K-I-D-E-L-F-B-O-O-T-S.com, nakedelfboots.com, it's a direct link over to the Patreon page if you'd like to support this art, if you'd like to support me in my endeavors and my road forward. Um, Let's get the bad news and bad stuff out of the way first. Um, And uh, again, when when I talk about these things, I'm putting my heart straight out and I'm telling you exactly what my thoughts are. And and, uh, and so be it, as far as as what it is. Uh, I do not... uh, I don't hold anyone in particular blame. I'm certainly not angry at anyone. I'm a little dumbfounded, I'm a little stunned, I'm a little I'm a little hurt, but uh, none of this is done out of any kind of animosity to anyone else. I'm simply keeping you up on my life. And I'm not telling you everything. Uh, I tell you most things. Um, you know, there's certain things you have to keep to yourself, there's certain things that you have to ponder over for a while, but you know, you're interested, you're listening. Uh, and if you're listening, I'm going to tell you what's on my mind. So, backing up a step or two, I moved to Los Angeles uh, in February of this year, 2018. I packed up a 16-foot truck with the belongings that I, I wanted to keep. Um, I shed and an, an awful lot of things, left them behind or donated to people or, or goodwill or, or sold a few pieces uh, of magic memorabilia and some other things just to help me get across the country. My first day out 
on the road, an, an old debt popped up to uh, to surprise me, and uh, $2,500 was uh, taken out of my bank. Um, it just just did. The bank had decided, you know, the, the uh, you know, I owed it, and I had never received notices from it, but it was time to pay it, and uh, and they uh, they took twenty five hundred bucks straight out, and I was in Alabama at the time. I was parked behind a Walmart, sleeping in the truck. Uh, so it was a surprise, but because of friends, because of you guys, because of uh, the ability to busk and raise some money that way, I was able to continue the journey, and through several other trials and tribulations, which are all chronicled here. I won't rehash everything. Uh, I made it here, and um, I have a, a 15 by 15 foot room. And uh, when I walked in, there was a sign hanging up that Lillian, Eddie, and Rob had put up that said, uh, "There is love where you are." So I am in a loving household. I'm in a in a creative um, atmosphere. I'm in a creative place. But because of the move, and because of you know, starting a new life and because of uh, having money removed immediately from my account like that and having to fight to get, you know, funds back up, I was uh, delinquent on alimony. And because I was delinquent on alimony, I was hit with yet another contempt of court order. And I was to appear in court on May the 21st uh, to defend myself, to, uh, to explain why I was delinquent, to explain you know, what I planned on doing from, from this point forward. Now, let me be really, really clear on this. This is not child support. Uh, this is not me trying to, you know, shirk anything or not support my kids. Uh, my kids are all grown. My children are grown. This is simply alimony. And my alimony is, uh, is $2,300 a month. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I, yeah, $2,300 a month. I do card tricks for a living. I run a small business. And I don't, uh, yeah, well, I'm not getting into excuses. That's Those are the facts of the matter. That's what I owe. So I was hit with this contempt of court order. I was to appear in May uh, at the hearing. Uh, as time rolled around, it was really clear that not only uh, would I be missing work if I, if I went, you know, flew back across the country to Charlotte to attend this, um, because of business, because of the way things are, and simply because of expenses and finances, I didn't have the money to even afford the plane ticket to get to Charlotte. So I contacted the clerk of court, and I sent a letter about, <clears throat> you know, the hardship and, and, and everything else that they required to let them know uh, I could not be there. Uh, I contacted the uh, the state-appointed lawyer that I had and let him know that, you know, th this is just what it is. I'm not, I'm not hiding, I'm not ducking, I'm just, uh, you know, there, can't be there. So May the 21st came, and May the 21st went, and I received no correspondence from anyone, not from the court, not from the lawyers, not from anybody. Uh, I attempted to see, I, I called and I asked, you know, what, uh, what judgments were made or what everything else, and no one seemed to have any idea. The clerk had no uh, nothing, I had no, no nothing. So I, uh, I kept checking, and I went on with my life, and I tried to, you know, I send what I can, and I make what I can, and I am establishing myself here. And it's getting better. It's, uh, it's been very rough. The struggle is absolutely real, 
and the money is not coming, you know, immediately. But I, I knew this. I knew this coming out. I knew, you know, it's a risk and it's a gamble and it's a, it's striving to do better for myself and for the people that I'm responsible for. So then, in late June, I got a letter from my ex-wife's attorney. And the letter basically said that I had been found guilty of contempt of court and that my all of my North Carolina licenses were being revoked. Um, the only North Carolina, North Carolina license that I hold, that, that I know of, is, uh, is my driver's license. Um, so my driver's license was revoked, which, you know, believe it or not, hinders my ability to make money so that I could, uh, so that I could, you know, pay what I owe. Uh, in doing some checking and talking to, um, some lawyers who gave me some advice for free, if my license is revoked in North Carolina, it affects every state in the nation. I can't just, you know, just say, okay, well, I can't drive in North Carolina, but I'll get a California driver's license and go from there. The way that it is legally set up is one license, uh, one driver throughout the United States. Each state issues, of course, its own license, but the federal government recognizes each state's license. So, uh, I went to the DMV here in California to see what could be done. Um, and it turns out that that was the case, in fact. Uh, that also means that my insurance was revoked. And that also means that North Carolina is asking <clears throat> for the, the plate on my car to be sent back because I am not a licensed driver. Um, makes it hard to earn a living. Uh, it means a different form of identification to be able to f even fly out of the airport. I, uh, uh, the, the amount that they hit me with uh, to make everything right was $9,000. So until I earn and turn in uh, nine grand, I am, uh, I am without a North Carolina license. Now, the, the, the twist in all of this and in... in looking at stuff and researching stuff is that my birthday was July the 8th. Um, I turned 53. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Very, yes, please don't sing. Um, and my North Carolina driver's license expired on July the 8th, 2018 anyway. So I'm in this weird limbo. It's been both revoked and expired. Um, if I'm if I was to drive, if I was to be pulled over for any reason, even just a traffic stop or, or anything at all, um, I could be arrested um, because of the debt, because of the contempt, because of everything. So that's like a huge blow. That's like, that was a huge extra burden on me that I'm not quite sure what to do about. Uh, in fact, and some of the lawyers that I've talked to aren't sure what to be, what's to be done about it either. Uh, they suggested that I find a lawyer who is, you know, uh, able to practice both here in California and in North Carolina and incorporate my, uh, my business so that I'm just an employee of the incorporation and, uh, attempt, you know, and show actual income 
and then try to get my um, my alimony reduced if possible um, and to get the arrears either reduced or eliminated uh, via hardship or, or whatever just to like I'm not I'm not trying to shirk anybody's duty and I certainly want to make sure that uh, that my ex-wife is taken care of um, by me you know I, I, it's my responsibility right? And so I want to make sure that's done right. But right now, I am uh, I am crippled in that ability. So that's where that stands. If anyone listening is a lawyer or has any advice, send me a message. I'd love to hear it. Right now, I'm kind of stuck and just uh, doing what I can the best I can. Um, making my living and paying my bills and sending what I can when I can and trying to stay out of jail. That's the worst of the news, I suppose. Um... I uh, I have a good reputation out here. Um, I have been uh, I have been uh, performing at the castle when when available. I did uh, a great week behind the W C Fields Bar um, back in late June, and uh, it went over very very well. I am scheduled to work again in August uh, August twentieth through twenty sixth in the close up gallery, and uh, that's where I, I thrive and I shine. And I'm actually working on new material. Uh, to bring forward to the close-up crowd, and I'm excited about that. So that's kind of you know these are the newses. Um, I am uh, I, I don't <laughs> I don't have a social life. Uh, I am too poor to have a social life, and I'm certainly not going to burden anybody else with that. Um, I uh, I busk when I can when it's not a hundred plus degrees, which it quite often is these days uh, here in in Greater California. Uh, height of summer. Um, I've gotten a private party here or there, and I am establishing things. So I I cannot complain. I uh, there are great things on the horizon, and 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 I and I do see them coming, and I have made the right move for what I'm doing. Um, my oldest daughter Carlisle uh, has reestablished and maintained contact with me, and we talk often. And she's very supportive and she's very loving and I'm ever grateful for her being in my life and doing uh, the things that she does for me. Um, she keeps my spirits up. Uh, she's helping out on her end. She is trying to open communication to the other kids and hasn't had any success yet, but gosh darn it, she's trying. I have good friends that love me. I have, I have people that emotionally and spiritually support me. And I really could not ask for more. I could ask for more work, but that's coming, and that's something that I will earn, you know, myself. I uh, I put on a good show, and I and I lift hearts, and I do the right things, and I try to maintain a positive outlook on things. I haven't always been successful with that, but I try and I maintain, and I'm not going to give up attempting to maintain my positive attitude, and. Uh, and I work from a place of love. I, I create my art uh, through the love of the people that I'm going to be in front of and just the joy of putting my hands on the props and doing that, you know. It's, it's meaningful and it's important, the work that I do. Um, brief story, and then I'm going to uh, do a couple of advertisements for stuff that is going on. Uh, I, I have a sponsor now for, <laughs> for my little podcast, but I'll keep it interesting. Here's the story. Um, a few nights ago, 
um, I was over at the castle. I got a, I got a, uh, I got a, a text from one of the owners slash managers slash performers at a place called Black Rabbit Rose. And Black Rabbit Rose is an interesting new experimental magic theater. Uh, it's very gothic. It's very turn of the century, turn of the last century kind of a place. Almost a speakeasy, a haunted speakeasy kind of a place. Uh, inquiring about whether I'd like to work there or, or be a part of it or maybe do some writing or bring the Hannibal character into that fold. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'd heard about it. I'd heard good things. They invited me. Uh, this is Liberty Larson invited, invited me over to take a look at the show. And it was fascinating. Uh, the atmosphere was incredible. The show was good. Rob Zabrecki was was a part of the team, and I really admire his work. Um, and I had a good time. So they're interested in uh, in using me for work, and I'm certainly interested in working for them. Went back over to the Magic Castle, the world-famous Magic Castle, and I was in, uh, I, they, someone told me there was an audience in the Cellar Theater and that they needed a performer, and, you know, if I had time, I should go down and take a look. So I went down. There were roughly 20, 25 people there. Uh, no magicians waiting for the room, so I went ahead and set up and did what I do, and uh, apparently room got up to the bar and, and, the, and the place packed out. Um, very grateful for that. Uh, there's nothing quite like that, looking up and seeing the room filling up and them having to close the doors because they just can't admit any more people into the room. And, uh, and in scanning the room, uh, I found, came to find that, uh, Paul Rubens, uh, best known for his work as Pee Wee Herman, uh, was sitting in my audience. Now, I had met Paul, um, a year ago at Beyond Brookledge, a project that I did for Erica Larson, um, out here before I moved, and he had he, we had become acquaintances, almost friends. We know each other, and we we talk easily. How about that? We'll just call it that. Um, he, he enjoyed the show, and he came up to tell me so afterwards. And it was a different show than he had seen before. It was much more comedy and much more loose, and and uh, and he had a big smile on his face, and he shook my hand and and uh, told me that he liked my show. Now, I. Uh, I have been an admirer of his work since my late teens, since he first uh, was doing the Pee Wee Herman show, and it came out on, on HBO. I have been a fan of his for, for a very, very long time. If you've never had the experience of having someone you admire come and tell you that they like your work, I can tell you there's, there's nothing quite like it. There's literally nothing quite like it at all. Uh, so I was floating. I was on cloud nine. Uh, while we were talking, Erica came up and we had a few words about uh, some future work. We are working uh, together uh, future in the future, murky future, for a, a project involving Orson Welles, uh, his life and his magic. And I'm excited about that. And Erica is enthusiastic about my work in the castle and, and what I'm bringing to the table there. So we had a discussion about the future, which left me feeling very, very good about the prospects and the things that are coming up. I love the Magic Castle. I love the uh, the atmosphere there, the people that come there. I love the ability to perform there and be part of a, a decade. They're, they're 55 years old now, a decades-long 
tradition of the finest magic in the world, and, and I'm a big part of it right now. That's that's very, very gratifying and soul-satisfying to me uh, in the way that I try to, to do the work that I do. Um, and who knows what might happen in the future there. But uh, I have a good reputation. I, I have the, uh, I have the uh, respect of the powers that be. So uh, onward we go, right? As we were talking, as we were having uh, our little conversation, um, one of the floor managers came up and said there was a smaller group that was looking for a close-up magician, and would I be interested in entertaining them? And uh, yes, of course I would. Uh, of course, I'm, 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 I'm high as a cloud right now. I'm, I'm feeling very good about myself. I would love to entertain some new people. And so I was ushered into one of the smaller theaters, and the special guest that had requested was Dick Van Dyke. And Dick Van Dyke had a couple of guests in at the castle, and they wanted a close-up show, and if I thought I was high as a cloud before, my friends, we went into Irma's room, we sang a couple of songs from, briefly, sang it, we didn't sing it all the way through, uh, briefly sang a few songs from Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and relived my childhood. And I got to entertain th- th- these guests who, once again, uh, there's no feeling like it. There's there's nothing. There, it's 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 frightening and it's it's downright scary and it's it's uh, it's confirming. They laughed, and they bounced up and down in their seats, and they clapped their hands, and we all had a grand time. And I went home, and I slept better than I have, and I couldn't tell you how long. I am doing the right thing. I found the ability in my hands. I was asked to make a choice between art and family, a family that had grown up, uh, children that had grown up, a relationship that had fundamentally changed versus the art that was put in my hands to do. And I still believe I made the right choice. Again, I'm not demeaning anyone. I'm not trying to say that, that, that there was no there's no animosity on my part anymore. I've gone through all the stages of anger and sadness and and betrayal and all the other things I have uh, I have blamed myself. I have blamed her, I have blamed everyone, and, and there's no room anymore for blame in my life. I have started anew. I am still Hannibal the Magician. I am still doing what I do the best, and I'm doing it the best I know how. So, here we sit. It is, I guess I forgot to say this, right? Currently it is Thursday, July the 26th, 2018. Um... My favorite restaurant in Charlotte. This is this is my sponsor. This is not a commercial ad so much as just to say uh, my favorite restaurant currently in, in Hollywood is Shin Ramen. Uh, great couple and and his kids run run this place and it is fresh food, no MSG, it is astoundingly tasty. He's put in uh, in, in the months since I've been here, he started also doing sushi. Uh, in very unique flavors and styles, and it is well worth your time. If you're in Hollywood, it is at the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and La Brea Shin Ramen. It's it's my favorite restaurant, and it is awesome. And by sheer coincidence, they are also a sponsor uh, for this particular podcast. So thank you, Shin Ramen. Thank you, Tim 
and Sarah. I'm really glad uh, for your uh, for your love and your friendship and your support. If you would like to support this particular podcast, if you'd like to support me and my art, uh, my Patreon page is patreon.com backslash magicartist, or you could do a search for Christopher Hannibal. I am out creating stories of magic on the road. Um, I am uh, I'm offering a, a special perk to those people who support me in the amount of $10 a month or more. I am putting out audio chapters of the book that I wrote across the table um, for those people who support me at that level. Any amount helps. If you have a dollar to spare a month, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me keep doing my art. It helps me in immeasurable ways you cannot understand. Um, I am back to being a struggling artist, and I love it, and I'm thriving on it, and I'm making it happen. And part of the way I'm making it happen is your support. Uh, the other ways you can support me is just by liking this, by just sharing the podcast with friends, by linking to it on your social media. Uh, if you like it, share it. Um, that's really a bigger help than you can imagine. Um, I'm glad of you. I'm glad of magic. I'm glad of myself. I'm starting to learn to love myself again. And uh, the road's interesting. Man, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's, uh, it's a real burden. But the burden's worth carrying, and, and it builds the strength, and it builds the character. I found out late in life, I was 26 years old, I found out then that I was a magician. And it's progressed from there. I, uh, when I found out, side story, when I found out I was a magician, I had only two children. <clears throat> we produced two more, and we raised four kids in love and in art, and we did it with, uh, with card tricks and perseverance. If I leave you with anything, and, and I know I've said this before, and you'll probably hear, say, hear me say it many times again, this, this is uh, my religion love and kindness and art finding what it is you have inside yourself the love that you've been gifted with and and using it to exponentially increase the love in someone else's life just a little bit goes a very long way um i was raised and taught that you know the gift is you are responsible for using it you're not to uh put it under a bushel if you if you'll take that, if you, if you put it, you know, don't hide your light. Shine from within yourself. You have a gift, and somebody needs the gift you have. Somebody's starving for it. Somebody's starving for it. Since I've been in Hollywood, I've made some friends uh, that, that became quite close quite quickly. Um... And I'm very sad to say, I guess we're going to end this on a sad note. We started sad, we went uh, happy and fun, and I guess we're going to end on a little bit of a more somber tone. A couple of them, my new friends, uh, took their own lives. They, uh, they committed suicide. They, they killed themselves because various reasons because for whatever reason they felt that it was time to step out they felt that their time was over either depression or sadness or anxiety or 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 something convinced them that uh they didn't need to live anymore 
If you're hurting, if you're needing, please reach out. Reach out to someone. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to an acquaintance. Reach out to a loved one. You are valuable. You are needed. To my absent friends, you are missed. It, it was devastating. Um, it, it hurt. And, and it hurt more than just emotionally. It, it hurt physically. It hurt, it hurt business. I mean, if you want to get really frank about it, uh, it, it did. If you have friends that you're concerned about, reach out to them first. Uh, a lunch, uh, a meal, uh, uh, an extended hand, something. Extend love to the people around you constantly. It's a very hard, very dismaying world we live in right now. It's very confusing. It's very troubling, a lot of the things that are happening. All we have right now, my friends, is this moment. And all we have of any value in this world is each other. Friendship, love, caring is the most valuable thing we own. Far more than money, far more than power, far more than anything else. Love is the greatest force. And we have it in an unlimited supply. So use it. Give it. Extend it. In fact, use it on yourself. Turn your love inward and love yourself. I'll talk to you soon. I sincerely hope that there's love where you are. Sitting on the corner, staring down the street and wall. Making fun of faces at the people we don't meet. Oh, whoa, whoa. Holding out of pockets for all the world to see. Oh, whoa. Singing our old songs, busking you and me. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. It's funny how they always seem to want to get away from you. Throw a little money and say, hey ma'am, now do just what you do. You sing a little anthem and answer, hey man, I am. Just a little more dough and I'll show you where I stand. That's the plan, ain't life grand. Breaking in the quarters, nickels and the dimes of wool. Breathing and dreaming and passing by the time of war, war. Thinking of the past and what we live for, then war. And where we're living now, our worries in the winter war, war, war. It's funny how she always seems to wanna get away from you. Cause you're honey in the jar, but when she's out, you're glue. Lord, it's true. You put your axe up in the case, and then you ease and making haste for the door. Then you bust it to the corner, get your busking all in order for the show. On the road, here we go.
down from boredom, busk away the day I woke. I dream of records of gold every time I play a woke. Days turn into weeks and weeks are into years of woke. We live for the fans and make the music in the ears of woke. 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 I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.